0: this is the diet of Brussels would the European Parliament really block a deal over British uh, renegotiation um, this week uh, David Cameron went uh, again to see uh, Martin Schultz who's the president of the European Parliament as part of his uh, shuttle diplomacy to try and uh, make sure that everybody was on site now Schultz proved uh, somewhat more awkward than I think a lot of people had uh, initially thought. Essentially what uh, he argued was that uh, he couldn't give any guarantees about what the Parliament would do Um, and that uh, the need for European Parliament uh, approval of the European Council deal, assuming that there is one, is something that shouldn't be taken for granted. Now, for a lot of observers, that was read as a bit of a challenge to uh, Cameron uh, and also to Donald Tusk, the European Council President. But I think we need to kind of put this into to context. Um, maybe a helpful starting point is to imagine if David Cameron were asked the same question, you know, could he guarantee that the British Parliament would approve uh, the deal when he brings it back? And he would have to say, no, I can't guarantee it. Uh, you know, parliaments are not made up of uh, determined majorities that always stick together and can be controlled. So we know that well from British Parliament, and it's just as true uh, in the European Parliament. The Martin Schulz is not able to say to the Parliament, "You must vote this way or that way." It's uh, not the nature of the beast. So partly it's just simply a reflection on this is how our institution works, but I think it's actually. Also, uh, Martin Schulz trying to uh, underline that uh, the European Parliament is not simply uh, to be pushed around by member states or by the European Council, um, and this is, you know, a kind of a standing tension that exists within the, the institutions, and you know, purposely so that if everyone agreed all the time, then potentially we'd have more problems than than we might solve. So, uh, the European Parliament has been a a pretty peripheral actor in the renegotiation, uh, peripheral in expressing uh, views about what should and shouldn't happen. So, uh, at the point where it is asked, it's been asked basically to give its approval to something that's already been agreed, and uh, you can imagine that... uh, For many MEPs, that smacks a bit of, well, what's the point of doing that? And if the only thing we can do is say no, then, well, we should just do that just to demonstrate that we have power. So there's a kind of inter-institutional dynamic in this, where uh, leaving people on the outside of negotiations uh, might make sense, um, and it's hard to see what the European Parliament would have brought to uh, the negotiations so far, but... At the same time, uh, you can see how it raises uh, potentially very big difficulties. In practical terms, I think the European Parliament is likely to find uh, that it will support the deal. Uh, as I've remarked in uh, the podcast about So, the European Council itself, uh, the European Parliament doesn't really have an interest in blocking the deal. The reason for that is simply that blocking the deal is likely to mean that uh, member states will have to go back and try and put together a new deal, which I imagine would look much the same, Um, it would put British backs up and make it much more likely that uh, there was a vote to leave from the British public. And much as the European Parliament is uh, unwilling to uh, bend over backwards for the UK, or indeed for any other member state, it doesn't want to lose uh, the UK from the EU itself. So uh, strategically, ultimately, there is a clear imperative for them to do this. Uh, And finally, I think it's worth just reflecting on how we've got this situation in the first place. One of the reasons why the Parliament has been less than enamoured with the UK is that British MEPs have marginalised themselves to a very considerable uh, extent. Uh, The two largest parties of uh, numbers of MEPs from the UK are UKIP and the Conservatives. And both of those belong to uh, smaller groups, Um, admittedly in dominant positions within those smaller groups, but they fall outside of the big uh, two of the European People's Party on the centre-right and the party of European Socialists on the centre-left. So um, the Conservatives' uh, self-marginalisation by leaving the EPP Uh, back in uh, 2007 um, has really meant that they don't have the same kind of influence that they used to. And it's harder then to sell the package uh, that Cameron is is coming to because there aren't the same kind of links that there used to be. So again, we might just reflect here on the longer-term costs that come from uh, relatively short-term political decisions.